0: Coming up on a brand new episode of Don't Panic, we've got a lot of tech stories to talk about, including Apple posting the largest profit in the history of humanity, uh, and they're going to release a watch. We also talk about Snapchat Discover, is it garbage or is it great? We also talk the end of Music Unlimited, uh, Vine for kids, uh, Google or Uber showdown, a lot of tech news. It's our big show after the big game, so stick around because it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 81, recorded February 2nd, 2015, on Apple's Profits, Snapchat Discover, and Music, Limited. Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Panic, the technology podcast uh, on gadgets, the internet, and you, I'm Sean Jennings and I am joined by the two stars of the Super Bowl, our very own MVPs, the... Uh, left shark and right shark of uh, technology. That would be Dan Miller uh, and Colby Rabideau. Guys, how we doing? I forgot to use my prop football. I even brought a prop football. I forgot to hold it. I feel like such an idiot, but oh well. It, it's it's a little it's a little soft. <laughs> makes it easier to uh, makes it easier to grip.
1: I I personally am great because the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Woo!
0: Go yeah. Pats!
1: Also, I didn't go to work today because it's fucking snowing a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Last week, Cole, you weren't here. Dan and I were talking about the blizzard of twenty fifteen. Yeah. How, it... how
1: did the blizzard treat you guys? Fine, good, I guess. I mean, great. Mildly,
0: yeah. We, we barely got any. So, uh, yeah. but but this time we got a little more. So, and, nice. and Colby just jetted off to California for for the whole thing. Yeah.
1: I did. Um, Yeah, I missed it. I got out just in time. I actually switched my flights to get out just in time. Because my original flight was canceled.
2: uh, I was hoping that the Seahawks were going to win because I wanted another Richard Sherman interview. Yes. Like, we were robbed. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Sherman and frickin' Crabtree and the... you want to hear him go that? I (laughs) want to hear... Richard Sherman rant about Crabtree one more time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I on. think that'd be great. There was a there was a thing on Twitter I saw where it was like a, a joke conversation between Russell Wilson and uh, Sherman. He's like, you know, if I, uh, or uh, Marshawn Lynch, and said, uh, you know, if I hand you the ball, we can run it in and win the game. Well, will I have to do a media interview? Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so I. Uh... Sherman doesn't care, though. Like, he gives exactly
2: zero craps. That's that's what I I that's like strive to be. He is my favorite football player of all time. Like that was all it took. <laughs> that was all it took was how absolutely insane he sounded in that interview, and then how absolutely sane he sounded in like the post game interview. Just like like twenty minutes later, he's like showing every bit of his Stanford like he was very highly ranked in his class in Stanford undergraduate degree, showing every bit of it. Whereas twenty minutes before, he was this insane. Like terrifying, and he's just a defensive guy. He's not like well people just to barrel you down in the field, but he's more terrifying than that giant Patriots guy with like the belly that could knock you flat in your butt. I don't Vince know what Will that guy's—I like. don't know what his name was. He was—he was unnaturally large.
0: Will Vince Fork?
2: <laughs> Vince That's Fork? No, it's Vince Will it.
0: Fork. I'm just <laughs> kidding with Colby. Um. Uh-huh. I mean, we
1: did, at least we did get all those memes online of Mitch, Richard Sherman, like,
0: how yeah. many points did we oh lose Oh my god, by? that look like... his, when he was...
2: <laughs> yeah, he was pretty upset.
0: And then Tom Brady's like, yeah, yeah!
2: My, my other favorite moment was when that Edelman guy was clearly concussed and somehow, <laughs> somehow like, he like looked behind him and he's like, where am I? And then he sees all these people barreling at him he's like, oh my god, and he's like... <laughs> Drops himself into the end zone. <laughs> oh, he's still in the next play. I don't I don't understand.
0: Just power through that concussion, Dan. NFL rule number one. Power through it. The way it goes. Just like a you sprained might... muscle. Just work through it.
1: You might go insane later in life, but for now.
0: For now, you're winning the damn Super Bowl. Um <laughs> Very good. Well, we're back. I want a quick thanks to our guest last week, Mike Rodecker, who who was, I thought, fantastic. We were happy to have him on Um, as much as we're glad to have Colby back. It's always fun to have guests. And I know we're going to have some guests in the coming month um, (laughs) because one of us uh, can't be bothered to show up. So Colby, (laughs) Colby. It's not God. Me. You're not both leaving me, are you?
2: Oh my God,
0: <laughs> surprise! That's that would be bad. A solo show? Forget about it. Um, <laughs> so, all of you out there should keep watching for all our shenanigans at Don't That's our website. We do it live Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Right there uh, at Don't Panic Show on Twitter, and we are available on all the major platforms. Videos on YouTube. Website is the place to find all that. Don't Panic. Io. But we've got to continue on and talk about some tech news. We've had some good and interesting stories this week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to begin. Guys, what would you like to talk about first?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say what we were going to talk about. No, I
0: do this. on never does that. I never do this. I think we should start with Vine Kids. Vine Kids. Have you guys downloaded and tried Vine Kids? No, no I, I just read the article. I highly recommend you do because I don't think, and I'm going to put it on screen, because I figured out how to airplay into the video feed, so I can actually show the phone in the video feed. That was my big accomplishment today on my work-from-home day. Um, I recommend you try it out, because you don't get how weird it is until you're actually using it. It's called uh, Vine Kids. Vine announced it, and it is a separate app, available only on iOS, uh, designed to be used for young children. So it is curated content. Uh, It is repeating six-second videos, unsurprisingly. Um, What's interesting, and and you guys might find this interesting, it actually came... um, During uh, Vine's Hack Week, and two employees uh, thought it would be a good idea for just a made-for-kids version. They put it together, and now it's available on iOS. Uh, So let me send this and uh, show you guys what we're looking at here. So uh, it's available in the store. It's called Vine Kids. Uh, And so essentially what you're looking at here... So right now we're looking at a kind of caterpillars doing something, and here's a floating butterfly. Do a for the I'm what's gonna do? Do a for the i gonna do? Some Elmo videos. Do for vine. I love you. There's a I dog saying
1: I love you. I love He's you. and that guy from the office. I love you. I love you, too. I it's love you. Oh,
0: my weird love... app. And it, and, it, and I find it incredibly creepy, to be completely honest. Um, mainly just because it's, like, the most weird, unusual sort of nonsense content I've ever seen. <laughs> and that, no, honestly, like, I feel like a kid watching this has to be such a zombie at this point that they just don't care what they're watching.
2: This is what this is what kids do on YouTube already. Though they just watch YouTube all day long but and least... surf between the recommend. Like just Oh, here's like the tiles of things I should watch next. Like click, click, click.
0: But I feel like it's not nearly as mindless <laughs> as this. Like six seconds of the butterfly a... flying around. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a. Well, I I was curious when I read this.
2: What what is their thinking of kids? Like kids is a very large demographic. You never make something for all kids because kids is like. Zero to 12. Yep. Like, what kids are they talking about? If they're talking like two to four year olds, then I think this is a great app. If it's anything older than that, then yeah, I think it's too simple.
0: Um, they haven't specifically said the age range they're shooting for. I agree, Dan. I do think that sort of two to four year old is probably their target. Um, but I just think maybe it's just the early version of the content. But I mean, we've talked about this on the show before this idea of putting devices in front of your children. Um, and I'm I'm like, if this is what I'm gonna put in front of my kid, like that's at least a game is stimulating and making them think. This is just kind of weird and mindless. No, I mean you can tell me I'm wrong.
1: I mean, I don't think it's... I... go ahead, Dan.
2: I don't think it's any more weird or mindless than most other kid things. Like, I don't know what all. Think about all those kids' apps. Some of them are kind of clever. Some of them teach, like, colors or music. But most of them are just – it's like when you put the – take the blocks and you put them in the right shape thing. I guess this is even more mindless than that, though, because there's there's really not much you can learn from looking at these things.
0: No, and they're six seconds long, so you're encouraged to quickly skip between oh. things. Well,
2: what's the difference between honestly, six seconds of nonsense and – 20 minutes of nonsense in like a, a Sesame Street or whatever.
0: Yeah, but at least it holds your difference? attention, right? I mean, it's it's not constantly bouncing you from one thing to another. There's no continuity. I mean, I'm not a child development expert, but <laughs> well, I mean, you're not. But believe it or not, I know shit about kids, but uh <laughs> I got I, a whole degree in that. I, I I know. We should have had. we have a a friend of the show who's been on the show who is a teacher. Uh, Of young children, Uh, we probably should have had her on if I'd known this. (laughs) But I will say, I just I don't. There's just something about this using this. I just feel bad using it. Maybe I'm not the target. Well, maybe
2: you're not. I'm not sure if you're not, but I don't (laughs) think you are.
0: I mean, I did like the bright colors. (laughs) I know. I still
2: don't think that this is that different from what older kids do with YouTube.
0: Yeah, but but older older kids on
2: YouTube, they're not watching like the best youtube videos they're watching stupid crappy youtube videos
0: yeah but that's at an age where they're already mostly developed 2 to 4 years it... old are using this oh, well we're we're uh, guessing that i i mean you said it yourself that's that's a good guess i think sure. of the of the target i would have i would have expected
2: this product to be exactly like vine but uh, just just uh, approved videos only not curated like I think the Vine format of a really clever thing in six seconds which has proven to be really popular like they're a Vine star just like there are YouTube and Tumblr stars that make tons of money and have grown their fame out of their Vine accounts I think that format could be really successful in children and they're right in that no parent in their right mind would just say here's the Vine app cruise around in my Vine account because there is some crazy stupid inappropriate stuff on there you can do in six seconds, but they even showed sure us plenty of stuff that's fine so maybe it's just a proof of concept
0: yeah, I, if Sesame Street put out an app that had a bunch of six second videos, maybe I'd feel more comfortable, and to be, you know, I sat for a couple minutes and flipped through about 30 different videos on this, and oh 90% gosh. of them were just non- <laughs> were like just colors for a child to look at, so they're not crying, which which just for some reason, bothers me <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that
1: is, when you put it like that... I, I don't know. Um, I'm
0: probably reading into it. Go ahead, Colby.
1: I, I don't know, though. Isn't this like training our children to be exactly what we as their internet overlords want them to be? Just like mindless consumers of whatever we put in front of them?
0: That's true. Most of those Super Bowl commercials <laughs> flash by pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. No, I like... Yeah, I see what... It does kind of seem like just... Uh, like here kid like shut up look at this like (laughs) and it does make sense like i feel like in a way we're sort of approaching this from a like adult point of view like this is a waste of time this is like 30 seconds of just like almost nothing but like you know small children like i feel like the stuff that's happening is pretty cool it's kind of kind of engaging because it's not like especially if it's like I don't know, like two to four year olds, right? That's, that's like real early. Um, Not to say that they're not, wouldn't be capable of doing much more and not to say that this is a good thing. I don't know if it is a good thing, but I could see how like it might hold the kid's attention for a while. Um, I don't know. I think, I think you're right though. It's weird. I I feel like kids on phones is weird and kind of a bummer in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any way to avoid it, but you think Netflix has a, a kids-only section. Uh, Google Play has a kids-only section. Uh, I don't know if YouTube does. I suppose you could subscribe to just kid-approved channels. I'm not sure if they have a specific kids mode. I don't think so. But a, a lot of apps are doing this. I just think this execution isn't great. And the content yep. they've picked to show me in the first 30 videos I looked through was not compelling. That's all. I, I, I think it's it could be something. Um, and I think there's market for that kids-only Content, but uh, I don't. I I don't know about Vine kids.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: So there's that one thing I've complained about. I'm sure there's more. Uh, what would you guys like to talk about next? Anything in particular?
1: Uh, no. Okay. Google Uber App- showdown.
0: Google oh. Uber showdown. Okay, this is this
1: the Uber is- <laughs> showdown.
0: This actually the, showdown. the Uber showdown. That's yeah. a good one. Um, This actually happened between the time I put the rundown together and the show, which is rare. Usually, because I do this about five p.m. on Mondays. Usually, after that, there's not much news. And this actually kind of broke. So it happened in stages. It began by, um, was it Bloomberg who said it? For anyway, there are two companies. Bloomberg, Bloomberg, Bleak. Yeah, Bloomberg. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> there are two companies: Uber and Google. Uber, ride sharing, car drivers. Google, map maker, autonomous car, prototyper. Okay, we'll set the stage there. Right. <laughs> Search engine. So, yeah, that's a small well, part of their revenue. I'm talking as well. about the, the the relevant things to this discussion. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, many years ago, when Uber was getting started, Google Ventures actually invested about 300 million dollars in Uber, and then in a later round invested even more. So Google actually owns a piece of Uber. Important to remember. So right around the same time today, Google announced. Well, Google didn't announce – the information reported that Google was considering turning its self-driving cars to self-driving taxis, or before that creating a ride sharing app using their map technology to hook up drivers with potential rides. Now it's speculation, but good sources say it's entirely possible. (coughs) This fascinated people because Google owns a piece of Uber, a company that does exactly that. So why weren't they doing it with Uber? Uber responded today by officially announcing via, um, officially announcing that they are launching the Uber Autonomous Vehicle Prototype Center in Pittsburgh. They've poached almost the entire autonomous staff at Carnegie Mellon University um, and are using them to develop their own self-driving prototype car technology, completely separate from Google, which owns a piece of Uber. Two companies fighting over the same turf, self-driving cars that you can call as taxis. Google, as I said, has the... Self-driving technology and the map technology. Uber has the ride-sharing technology and the user base. Two companies that are intertwined because Google owns a piece of them. But for some reason, they won't work together. It's an interesting story, guys. I'm interested to hear what you think about this.
2: I I am just as puzzled as you. Uh, but I think it's clear that they... Uh not it's not all rosy there in in gooberland <laughs>
1: i mean i feel like google is one of the couple companies that kind of i don't know they stick their fingers in everything and a lot of it doesn't seem to work out but they do it anyways and i don't see why this would be an exception um like especially given that that google is working on their own self-driving car like I don't know, like maybe they're just hedging their bets, right? Like, um, you know, like they invested in Uber. So if Uber succeeds, they don't lose. Um, but on the other hand, if Uber doesn't succeed or they think they can do it better, I don't know, they'll do it better. It's it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like. I don't know, I, I just feel like Google, had, Google competes with everyone, so. I'm not not that surprised. That being said, it doesn't seem to make sense. But
0: The the side of this story that concerns me is the Uber investing in self-driving technology. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't think Google is really that into a ride-sharing app. I don't think that's something they want to do. I think it's a use case for self-driving car technology. It's in the mix. It's something they're considering. But I think this report is not... 100% 100% accurate, and it won't happen anytime soon. What I see is a company, Uber, that has way more cash than they need, about four billions billion worth, mm-hmm. who is panicking when a report comes – you know, that Google may get into the market by rushing out and opening up an autonomous driving center, which to me, if I were an investor in Uber, I would say – yeah, maybe 30 years from now you want to invest a small amount of money now, but this looks like an expensive project. You should probably be focusing on making sure laws aren't passed that outlaw what you do. You should make yeah, sure that yeah. your drivers don't unionize or or sue you. You should be expanding. I just it's such a weird, almost panicked move to me, especially when one of your major investors is Google. I I have I again wild speculation, but I have to imagine that. Uber could have had the opportunity to work with Google on this technology because yeah. it's beneficial well, to both of them. What about? I feel
2: like that's a dangerous thing to say that they shouldn't be investing. I think I think Uber absolutely should be investing in this right now. Uh, the history of innovation has been people doing crazy things that no one thinks will work, and then it just does. Uh, and we, I think, people talk about this. We'll talk about Apple later, but people talk about this in Apple all the time. Like, oh, Apple has to be careful not to be Microsoft by, like, just depending on the iPhone profits for the rest of our lives. Uh, as soon as that company comes out that I want to start that does Uber with self-driving cars and they can do it cheaper and they can do it faster and the experience is better, then Uber is just toast. They, you can't catch up once that already exists. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the problem I have with that theory is that, and I'm I'm oversimplifying, I know, but I feel like it's a lot more easier to start a ride-sharing company than it is a self-driving car company. And I have to imagine that Google at this point has such a lead in the technology, and even companies like Mercedes and BMW and Audi that have been doing it for decades... That for Uber to just come in and say, we're going to dump a bunch of cash, hire a bunch of scientists, put them in a room in Pittsburgh, and hope they figure it out before the other guys do, is, is risky and, and seems unlikely to work. Whereas, did they, did they exhaust every avenue in trying to work with Google on the technology they have and say, Google, you own a piece of us, you want to see us succeed, maybe be an acquisition target down the road, and say, L- let us partner and work together? Again, it's speculation, but I just think it's kind of crazy to say... We're just going to pour this startup company, which, to some degree, you could consider it, is going to dump what money it has into technology that it's going to start far behind on and hopefully catch up on in is twenty or most, thirty years.
2: Is the most valuable startup company in the world a startup anymore?
0: I know it's such a fine line. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, to me, the line comes in at publicly traded. Okay. Until you're until you're publicly traded or bought by publicly traded company, you're a startup. That that's just okay. how I define. Okay. It. That
1: seems well. Fair.
0: Now, Uber could be publicly traded, they're big enough, and it, yeah. if they didn't get all this investor cash, they probably would have.
2: Yep, uh, I don't think it's 30 years out, I think that's the problem. I that's where I disagree with your premise. I think it's 15 years out. That's and, true, like we read that. In that article, this CEO of Uber, who I have not read a positive news story about ever, <laughs> uh, and the fact that his Twitter profile picture is a Washington on a dollar bill picture is also not encouraging. Uh, and then his tweet where it's like, yo, drivers, don't worry, this isn't going to happen until 2035. Yeah, right, dude. 2035? No like that's not the scale that these people think at
1: <laughs> yeah
2: as soon think, as they can do it in 2020 and beat some competitors in market they're gonna do it right and then yeah
1: i think that's the crap i, I totally forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Insightful
2: commentary from Colby (laughs) Revenue.
1: I mean, I think it's it's one of those things that like. If Google gets the self-driving car thing done first, you know, so I I have two things I wanted to say. One was from a while ago and I sort of forgot, but now I remembered it. So (laughs) so the first thing is like I could imagine a world in which Google gets the self-driving car thing done first and is like, okay, we're doing this and they just do it. I can imagine another thing where Google starts a kind of, like, glass-esque ride-sharing service in, like, just in San Francisco where you can get a self-driving car to pick you up as, like, a test bed for their, like, for this thing that they're obviously going, you know, working on, like, seriously working on. Um, I feel like that's more likely. I don't think we're... I mean, for one thing, I feel like most most of the country self-driving cars have not been like legislated and stuff, but I'm pretty sure it, it has been in California. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. I remember talking about that on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, that's a scenario. Like if Google were to start a, a ride sharing service, I could see that being the thing that they're actually doing. Um and that de- this being just totally misconstrued or somehow the, le- you know, like obviously this article was a little sparse on like some details that might've been useful uh, or missing some context rather. So I don't know. I would, I guess I, I would be surprised if tomorrow Google like open did started a direct Uber competitor instead, as opposed to a sort of, Just for fun, super beta, like, you want to drive in a robot car? Okay, you can do it in this town.
2: Yeah, I agree, except Google's just for fun beta things are that until they become wildly successful.
1: That's true, right, which is, I guess the, the other thing is that, like, I don't, I don't know, so, I guess I don't know the details of how much money Uber is putting into their whatever thing theirs is, but it doesn't seem unreasonable to me for them to be doing that. It's like, I feel like it's both a one, like research that is relevant to their business and two like a pretty good way to get like some very intelligent people to come work at your company. Um, you know, like, like the people, people who are qualified to work on self-driving cars are qualified to do a lot of things.
2: Yeah, it does. It's, it could be a, uh, publicity it's a recruiting stunt in many ways
1: right right yeah Yeah. and that's that's the other thing right like there you the there's only a a certain i don't know there are only so many people who will go work on your like rails app (laughs) (laughs) like that, that having that as your only sort of option isn't i don't know like broadening your technical horizon i guess probably open some some business opportunities.
0: Yeah, and and I'll just say on the on the Google side, as much as I want to say I don't think Google would ever want to have a fleet of self-driving cars. I also thought they'd never want to own any hardware and then they buy Dropcam and Nest and Motorola for a little while and then I say, well, they don't want to get into consumer services, but then they launch Google Fiber and they're talking about a wireless service. I I can never predict what Google's going to do next. So, could they have a fleet of self-driving cars in San Francisco and they have an Uber-like app where it comes and picks you up? You know what? They just might. So, uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be interesting. But to see these... Really, I think they've driven a line between these two companies. They're even saying uh there's a is it one of Google's legal counsel is on the board of Uber and they're saying he might actually resign and leave the board. I mean this is definitely a division between these two companies, a line in the sand um hmm. and that is I think in the short term gonna be the story here is these two companies turning from friends and investors into competitors.
2: yep, the Google and apple uh division come again.
0: Yeah, well, it happened. Microsoft and Apple. I mean, these companies, it happens very often where you, you got to work together to start, and then you you quickly rise and become competitors. So, yeah, we'll have to see about that. Let's continue on. More news, gentlemen. What's next?
2: All you, Colby. Colby,
0: Colby here. Mm. I'll I'll narrow it down. to I
2: you. I'll, I'll give you a hint though. We probably only have time for the trifecta at the beginning.
1: Okay, well, we should probably talk about
0: Apple. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about Apple, but there is one other story I want to try and squeeze in a bit ah! Because I have to prove Dan wrong. He made a comment in the spreadsheet, and I have to tell him why he's wrong. One of my favorite things to do uh, on this show. But before we get to that, how about... Gentlemen, what would you do with $18 billion? I don't
1: even know. <laughs> you I... could buy
0: Uber, and probably... Tesla and SpaceX and a lot of other companies.
2: I don't know. I would I would, uh, I would. would get a house. And <laughs> I, you know what I would get, Sean? You know what the first thing I would get is? What? A 5K iMac. That would Bam. be my first. You'd get a room full purchase. of them. Damn, I, like, I want to
0: yeah. see you wire them all together and make a giant monitor. <laughs> you know, like a wall monitor of them. All powered by, <laughs> by a tower of Mac Pros. <laughs>
2: That would be cool, but I only need one. I don't even need one. I only want one. There you go.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Well, Dan, I'll tell you, you may not have $18 billion, but Apple sure does. They announced their uh, first quarter results, and uh, they made the highest profit ever recorded by a corporation in history in a single quarter. $18 billion profit on about $75 billion in revenue. Now, I'm going to throw a bunch of numbers at you guys, so prepare yourself. Go for it. In that one quarter one quarter one quarter of the year apple sold 75 million iphones 21 million ipads and about five and a half million Macs. um i will point out one of the reasons they say the profit is so high is because the price of the average sale of an iphone went up about 85 dollars which is a huge jump quarter over quarter they're partially attributing that to something we talked about on the show eliminating the 32 gigabyte line convincing people to pay the extra hundred dollars for the upgrade because it seems like a better value even though also the we're... six plus though and the six plus offering a different line of iphone again getting people more to expensive pay more um let's see uh i will say uh max as well uh well, above the same, uh, almost a million more than they sold in the same quarter last year. Um, and of course, a big thing we'll be talking about is Apple sales in China, which accounted for 16 billion of that revenue, 157% higher than it was in the previous quarter. That is quarter over quarter growth more than double and a half, if that's a phrase that makes sense. <laughs> um, they made $410 million on iPods. Less than one percent of their total revenue. <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> Um, and Apple sells roughly thirty six thousand iPhones every single second.
2: thirty six thousand
0: every second on this earth. Wow. And next that's uh, crazy. That's absolutely. Now, of course, you have to remember that includes some holidays. It includes the launch of a new phone, so we probably won't see a record this high next quarter. But it's still crazy impressive to think that Apple posted such an absurd sales figure. Yeah,
2: it's I saw some really good ones, some of you didn't mention, like comparing just like how how thirty-six iPhones every second. At and how what's the profit on each of those?
0: Uh the profit per phone uh I don't think has been broken out. I know the average sale price was $687. All
2: right, so yeah. Uh that's $25,000 a second. Uh yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's absurd.
2: If if 20% of that is profit, which I think is conservative.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. That's,
2: I that's 5 grand that. a second in the bank. <laughs>
0: It's a lot of iPhones.
1: Yeah, literally a river of money.
0: (laughs) It is. They have something like uh, they're nearing $200 billion in savings. Just money they have. $200 billion. You can buy a country for that. (laughs) Maybe they should. A good country. (laughs) Nicolas Cage can go buy an island, but Apple can buy like... apple were
2: to own a country they it would be what singapore basically already is yeah you can't spit gum out on the streets you have to do exactly what what you're told but it's all because it's good it's all for the betterment of the country it'll be nice Uh, yeah
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) well and in addition to that it is believed by analysts that this is the first quarter that samsung has beaten Apple has beaten Samsung to become the world's largest smartphone vendor. There's a nice chart I'm going to put up on the screen here for you. Those of you playing along at home. Uh, That blue line is Samsung has led since 2012 uh, in the growth of phones. Apple, uh, interestingly enough, kind of staying steady with slight growth. And then this quarter put them with a massive jump into beating Samsung. The majority of that driven by sales in China. Mm. and in asia throughout samsung's home turf. So, right. I will
1: say though this is I I'm I'm curious to see like how this continues through the rest of the year because like looking looking at this chart, right? Like Apple's Apple's sales are pretty spiky and I assume that coincides with like the launch of the new the new iPhones every year. Um mm-hmm. so like if that like same general trend, like yes, obviously this this jump has been huge in comparison to what it was before but like if this trend continues like the i think the like kind of i don't don't know i forget all my my data science words like the the average like the moving average over time apple is still probably selling less phones than samsung but yeah that's so you think
2: basically you think next quarter samsung will sell more phones again
1: yeah, I think I think Sam. I mean, I guess you you could also argue like Samsung's trending down. But like, if if the last what since twenty eleven, if the last three three years four years are yeah. any indication, Apple's sales are not going to be as good the next three quarters as they were right now.
2: No, but they don't have to be anywhere near as good as they were this quarter to still beat Samsung, right? They well, just have to be like kind of good compared to this quarter
0: the real question is will samsung continue to fall because you look at this chart samsung has actually for the first that's time over, over the past year uh dropped in sales and it's they actually had a pretty rough uh earnings announcement because all these companies just had their big earning announcements that's why we're talking about this um but they had a pretty rough quarter to be completely honest, and March 1st, it's believed they're going to announce the S6. I think that's really where we're going to see the make or break um, when results come out in Q3 and Q4 by the time it's been on sale for a little while. Um, are they going to sell a lot of them? And if they don't, that's... Yeah. that's I wonder
2: how about. much of this is the 6+, plus too, because they, Colby, they could be... Apple could be exposing themselves to an entire market of people who would have never purchased an iPhone. Before. yeah,
1: that's true. I mean, I think, I think, I think you're and right. They certainly haven't
2: saturated the market of people who used to never consider an iPhone and now are considering it because their contracts right. aren't up yet. And they, a lot of them, they will yeah. be coming up in the next year.
1: I, yeah, I think that's a that's a that might be a fair point. Like, I feel like there were historically, let me think about this for a sec. So I think there aren't very many people in the world who wouldn't consider an iPhone simply on principle. I think for the majority of people, what it comes down to is like price and maybe a couple like features that they they would want in their phone um, that you just haven't historically been able to get with an iPhone. And I think one of those features is having a gigantic ass phone like like the iPhone 6. Um and that's no longer a thing that you can't get with the iPhone. So like if that was the only thing keeping you from getting an iPhone, maybe I don't know. Like I think you're right. Like it certainly like opens up a new chunk of people.
0: Well, and and on that note, I'll give you a little fun fact on the earnings call. Tim Cook said that fewer than 15% of iPhone buyers that this quarter were upgrading from older iPhones, and the majority had previously owned an Android phone. He did not wow. say the percentage, but he said fewer than 15% were upgrading, which means the remaining 85% were either buying a smartphone for the first time or coming from another platform. That, to me, is a fascinating statistic.
2: Yeah, that's not what I would expect expected at all.
0: No, which which tells me two things. One, the following quarter could be just as good if they pick up a lot more older iPhones upgrading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I'd be curious to see if Google says if any iPhone users are switching to Android. But um, again, these things come in cycles with contracts. So it's interesting to see what will happen. But it's an interesting number, to say the least.
1: Yeah. Indeed.
0: On that same earnings call, Tim Cook doing a bit of a victory lap for his blockbuster quarter, uh, let a little piece of information slide. He was asked about the Apple Watch, uh, and he said, quote, we're making great progress in the development of it, uh, end quote, and that he's seeing incredible innovation. Um, He said, I'm looking for the direct quote because I want to make sure I say it right. Um, I don't have the quote. He said April. He said April. It's coming out in April. Um, Somehow that's early 2015. Okay. (laughs) I don't make the rules.
2: Uh, <laughs> apple as the as the largest corporation in the world they can they can change time however they want
0: well that's what's funny is he actually took the time to explain the theory in that Apple separates the year into three four months window as far as early middle late release so when he says early technically <laughs> right I mean he actually explained it, which I think is really funny um we did not hear anything more other than the April day I still expect there to be an event. Before the launch. There's no way they can just put this in their stores, right? Am I wrong?
1: Um
2: Well, there's gonna be. There's gonna be the March the March event. There's there's a lot of like years they year, right? talk about it there um, too.
0: No, they do they don't always do a March, they do it sometimes. I don't think that's a consistent date for them. I could be wrong.
2: Yeah, you might be right. That was definitely when the first iPhone was announced, or iPad rather, and the first iPhone, I think, actually.
0: Um. Yeah the the thing was um, it used to be the iPad event, right? Over and over, and then what they did was they switched it, and then it became the Mac event, and then they just moved them all to the fall.
2: Uh. So in uh, let's see.
0: are you looking it up too? <laughs> I am. Thing. Yeah,
2: no, it's not there. There was no March 1 in 2013.
0: iPad 2 was in March. iPad 3 was in March. Um, and I think those are the only March events. All the rest have been in June for WWDC, in the fall, or back when they had Macworld Expo. In January was when they announced the original iPhone. Yeah. So uh, it would be unusual, but then again, they have more products now. So it's—I don't think that's surprising that they would. I—I
2: I wouldn't be surprised if they did not have an event for it, because they've already—they already had it. Really? What are they going to show?
0: Apps. Yes. <clears> we've talked about this. They have to prove the use case. But what about
2: the media campaign, where they they get their high-quality ads out there on all your TV shows and everything, all the tech news sites?
0: But Apple knows the best—it's free press. I mean, they don't pay a dime for those events, and they get get a week of media coverage off of one.
2: I guess. I wonder, though, how much real people—do real people care about the Apple event? Like, not your friends who are kind of into tech, but—
1: See, uh, I mean, I feel like local news, like they always talk about the Apple of like Apple announcements, the and they're uh, definitely
2: going to talk about when the i the, the i the iWatch go whatever they call it, the Apple Watch goes on sale. there's going to be people waiting outside the store again. They're already going to get the local news cycle on that.
0: Yeah, but then but yeah. they, they won't have the clips of the event to show, right? That's what Apple. They wants. already have an event for clips they can show. Not good. At, I don't know, Dan. I think you're, <laughs> I think they could. I think they could, but they won't. They could. They could. They won't. I think it would be a missed opportunity. I'm 60% sure that they won't. Name a single major product they've ever released without an event.
2: The Mac Pro, the iPhone.
0: No, the iPhone The, Mac Pro, ha- the, the, the iPhone, Mac Pro, The key. Mac Pro
2: and the iPhone, they both had their, their, just like the Apple Watch, both had their things. But there is months and months before they're available to purchase.
0: But I feel like the Apple Watch was more of a preview in the fall than it was an actual
2: so was the Mac Pro.
0: We we didn't even learn the prices.
2: Same thing with the Mac Pro, I think.
0: Mac Pro's not a consumer product though. <laughs> All
2: right. He's not wrong.
0: I I don't thank you, Colby, finally. <laughs> uh, no, I listen, I don't want to be Mr. Argumentative and, and and we'll know the answer in another month, but um I don't know. So... It will be interesting to see yeah
1: i'll say i don't know if they're going to have an event but i would like them to have an event because i enjoy apple media events it's a it's a tradition in my life so i'm gonna say that it's gonna happen because that's what i want
2: if they do have an event i'm pretty sure it will be an honor of my return from europe i just i don't know why but i just get this feeling
0: or they'll they'll just wait till you're out of the country to do it (laughs) be like oh dan's gone let's let's talk about the watch That That would would be be pretty funny. Um, we have enough time to talk about the story. I want to talk about. I let you guys do your picks, but I want to talk about Snapchat Discover because I really like it. Oh, Oh, come on! Giving me faces.
1: You like that, but you don't like Vine kids. It's the same thing.
0: It (laughs) is the same
1: thing with more ads.
0: It okay. Snapchat announced right uh, Tuesday of last week, right after our show last week, a feature called Discover that uses an in-house team of journalists and videographers from a number of media sources to provide highlights, uh, stories, videos through Snapchat. So uh, early media partners include ESPN, Vice, CNN, Comedy Central, Food Network, and a number of others. Uh, It is ad-supported, so some of the media has ads in it. but it's interesting. This differs from maybe other media projects in that it is a custom team inside of Snapchat, making the content, formatting it for Snapchat, um, and delivering it to you through their app. Um, 11 different partners at launch and they're saying they will rotate in and out. Um, and yeah, uh, also in that same update, uh, they tweaked the sort of layout of how Snapchat works. Um, they also included a new QR code type feature where you can scan a person's phone and that will make you follow them on Snapchat. They also, what else? Um, I think I think those are most of the major new features uh, in this particular update. Um, and so I will now AirPlay a small sample of what you can get through Snapchat Discover, although you can go download the app yourself, of course, um, and give it a shot me do this and this so here's an example uh and i will just pull up espn as sort of a uh, benchmark And so it's got this little animation going help if i put it on the screen you know for the super bowl and then i just use my finger and just swipe up and it shows it's it's very image heavy very image rich and you can see all the different pictures from the super bowl here and uh the patriots winning of course uh, and then I just swipe left to the next I a story. I growing
1: up in San Mateo. Joe Montana and Steve Young were my idols. And, so they, so they uh, play, yeah, uh,
0: ever, you know, play audio clips played, along with pictures. I think the formatting is actually kind of dynamic and neat um, with, with the different animations and the different graphics. And of course, Thousands ads for ago, terrible and 100, movies. 100,000 out of 100,000 times when you have a time... And then you just like, a swipe through and you show highlights as well. And then... When you, when you get through all of them, you're done, and you go back, and then it updates every day um, with Content Media partner. So, uh, Dan, why don't mm-hmm. you like Snapchat Discover? Why would I ever want to watch that? Because it's an interesting and unique formatted way to get stories you might not have otherwise seen. Is that a fair answer? I think,
1: I think the I answer want... is that's that's what people do when they're bored. Like it's something you can do for three minutes when you're bored. You might I not want to do I it.
2: Have, I have an unending, uh, like plethora of things I could do for three minutes board. I've got Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest, none of which are, like the, uh it feels like when I look at this product, I just feel like the only thing I'm watching is an ad. Like, I'm clicking on a brand. I don't want... I don't want to... I don't give a crap what any brand has to say. Practically ever. I
0: would never opt in to hearing what they have to say. ESPN isn't talking about ESPN. ESPN is talking about sports. It's a news organization. I I guess. I don't know. It's no different than going to ESPN.com and reading a news story or... Watching it on your TV on ESPN networks.
2: Okay, then, yeah, that that makes sense. It's interesting that I would be so predisposed against it. Because what was that other dumb thing they had where you, like, in your like Snapchat friends list, you'd randomly get, like, oh, it's like the Heisman Trophy yeah. Awards. Go watch. But I keep my thumb on it and watch the thing live for like 20 seconds. What the? I, no, I don't yeah. want to do that.
0: Yeah, the event stories, and they still do those. Uh, actually, I have one for uh, Groundhog Day in here as well uh, that you can watch. And I have no idea what it is, actually. I'll put it up on uh, on screen here so you can watch it while we're talking. But um, what uh, Dan, I agree. There is a ton of content out there. We are flooded every day with different contents. Yeah. What I like about this is I feel like they did it right. The animations and the video and the graphic are very strong. Each kind of media partner looks totally different from the other ones. The content I find is actually very well curated. Comedy Central is a great example because they show clips from stand-up, clips from their shows, uh, things I haven't seen before, shows I don't normally watch, but they pull clips. Um, I just feel like it's a really well polished product. And and another reason why I say I'm a fan of Snapchat is because any time they roll out a feature, I never feel it's half baked. And that's what I've been impressed with. I feel like they've taken a lot of time with this and it really feels that way. Um in in how smooth it is, how good it looks, how well it works. Um it, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will I I will I will concede that it's like it does seem to be nicely, like, laid out and, and I mean, I don't know. I haven't really read any of the content, but it looks nice and it feels nice. The format is kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. It's not something I'm personally interested in. It feels very much like a magazine. It's like, it seems almost like the the dream of like interactive magazines not that this is the dream i I don't think that that's quite the dream but i think it's much nicer than like the magazines you download into like newsstand from from the app store Mm -hmm. um so i mean it's kind of cool in that respect i i think it might be cooler if it wasn't like buried in snapchat like this seems like a separate thing to me um but then again this is also like obviously like v1 so i don't think they have the face
2: they don't have the facebook problem yet where their main property isn't as attractive to their target audience as it like used to be people are using snapchat they want to use it right now whereas and I didn't quite notice this until the past month, but I've talked to a couple people who have made um... you know that feeling you get when someone's joking about something but you can tell that they're actually serious about it? Like, they say it as a joke, but the joke is clearly just a way to express their real feelings without sounding like a jerk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I've had multiple instances of this happen with Facebook, where people are like, "It's like, oh, but, you know, don't use Facebook because my parents are on Facebook. Ha ha ha! But, like, they're not actually joking. They're just using that joke as a vehicle for telling the truth. I've had this happen multiple times. Uh no one says that about Snapchat yet. So I think it's good that Snapchat for them is good they kept it in the product. Uh but if Facebook did something like this, I would expect it
1: to be a separate app. Yeah. I mean face to be fair, Facebook also has like technical reasons for splitting up their apps. Like it's getting too big. <laughs> It's like you can't, you can't. The problem with it, with the Facebook native app is that it's like, you know, people aren't going to dig into the Facebook app like into the side draw to find like events and groups and all. Well, I guess events doesn't. You don't have a choice, but like groups, like people, you know, it's and and some people use groups a lot, so it's it it makes sense. And I know people like get upset about it, but people. Get upset about everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're you're right. I think Snapchat's in a good place.
0: And I, I think the, the important thing to remember is that Snapchat does not want you to have good content. Snapchat wants a vehicle to deliver you advertising, right? Yeah. That that's The sole reason they did this is because they said, wow, we need a way to make some money. What if we can't put it in people's snaps? So what if we delivered them other content that we can put ads into? That's really what it is. I just think... This is a way I don't mind seeing ads because I feel like it's it's a nice product. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, like I said, it seems to me like a magazine, like, and it wouldn't, I don't know, it it wouldn't feel totally backwards to see some nice ads in it, too, if people are into it. But I don't know, like, I don't know how in, engaging it would be, but, like, people do love their ESPN and Cosmo
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll have to see if it catches on with the young folks, uh, unlike us, old fogies.
1: We don't matter anymore.
0: No, (laughs) no, we do not. They've moved on from us, and we're going to move on from this into our picks this week. Um, We've got some good ones, and we are going to start with Mr. Colby Rabideau.
1: Yay. So, I've been watching a new TV show, uh, Exciting Times, uh, but it's called... Um, it's an AM. It's one of the AMC shows. I think it's it's been on for a little while. It's called Hell on Wheels, and it's actually a western. And it's about like, um, I'm pretty sure it's mostly fictional, but it's about like the pe- people who are like building a rail. The one of the transcontinental railroads. Um, and it's it's very exciting if you're in the mood for that sort of thing. Like, the main character is like, I don't know. His name's Cullen Bohannon. He's a he's a, a Civil War veteran. He fought for the South, but now he works with with the Un- for the Union Pacific Railroad. And there's all kinds of tension and drama and and gunfights and uh like battles and I don't know crazy stuff. But it's it's I feel like I don't it's it's pretty classic like cowboy movie, but. It's it's enjoyable, i found. So if you're interested, check it out.
0: Very good. Hell on Wheels. Uh, I was just about to look up all the platforms you can watch it on. <laughs> um, but my computer, Chrome, wants oh. to be slow. I,
1: I watch it on Netflix. Whoa. I, I don't think it's on Hulu because I looked because... Um I'm I'm I I just started season three, but that's the last one that's on Netflix. So
2: mm. Netflix, the Cadillac of streaming services.
0: <laughs> that's that's probably the most accurate way I've heard it described ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the gold standard.
2: Yeah. Everyone likes it, it's dependable. Yeah.
0: yeah, that sounds about right. Well, very good. Thank you, Hell On Wheels. Uh, airing on AMC, available on a number of platforms, including uh, Netflix. Dan Miller, you seemed upset when I didn't pick you first.
2: No, it's okay. Uh, so, I I got this pick from the morning stream, which we talked about on that podcast where we talked about our favorite podcasts, which was mm-hmm. pretty meta. That uh, <laughs> was Sean's recommendation. Great podcast. A couple weeks ago, they recommended a PS four game called fibbage um this is a multiplayer party game but you do not need controllers for this game this is the great part everyone connects using their smartphone or tablet so you just go to the website type in the code on the screen and you get entered into the game on your on your ps4 and it is super low latency and the games are real time uh, my favorite one, so you can, on the PS4 you can get a pack of these. Um, if you search the PS4 store for Fibbage, you'll see Fibbage, and then you'll see like a game pack. Game pack is totally worth it. There's other games in there. Fibbage is my favorite, though, and it's sort of like the game Balderdash. So, you give a definition. So, in this case, or the game gives you a like a definition. Uh, So, one or or like a fill-in-the-blank, like <sighs> Anadapodafidia is the fear that someone in the world, somewhere in the world, a blank is watching you. And then everyone enters on their smartphone what they think the answer is, or something they think everyone else will pick, whether because it's funny or because it seems like the real answer. And they all get displayed on the screen, along with the truth, and then you all pick the one you think is right. Uh... And, you know, if you guess it right, you get points. And if people guess yours, if you lied, you get points. It's a lot of fun. And then there's sort of a side game where you can like answers. Because sometimes people don't know what to put, so they just want something hilarious. So you can give them little, like, mini bonus points for that, which is kind of fun. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, in the bonus pack, there is a game in there that supports up to 100 concurrent players Ooh. on a PS4 through the smartphone. Uh, it's really cool. Check out Fibbage. Uh, it's for PS3 and PS4 on the PlayStation Store.
0: Wow. I want to have a party just to play that.
2: Yeah. Fimage itself is up to eight players uh, through uh, smartphones.
0: Very cool pick, Dan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to jump in with mine. And I am I think my pick is fun. I know, Dan, you thought your pick was fun, but I think I've got <laughs> a more fun pick than that. Not to brag. But, well, I mean, I
2: mean, office productivity is is pretty fun.
0: I mean, you got to go yeah. with America's favorite, and that would be Outlook, right? Yeah, everyone loves Outlook. The what if Cadillac I could...
2: of mail clients.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that one at work tomorrow, Dan. I promise I'll credit you. The Cadillac of email clients. Well, good news, America, because it is coming to your smart device. Uh, Microsoft uh, acquired a company called Accompli. Have you guys ever used them? No. Nope. They made an email client before, and Microsoft uh, bought them, and branded Outlook for iPhone. Um, also available for iOS, and I'm going to use Android. my... Uh, yes, that's what I meant to say. Thank you, Dan. Someone's paying attention. Uh, and we will go to the AirPlay here, so I've got my icon right here, Outlook, and here is my inbox, so it's got all of your emails, unsurprisingly, and you can, you know, scroll, uh, which is good, an important feature in any email client. <laughs> uh, what What... The things I like about this, and this has actually replaced Mailbox, which was my previous favorite client. One is it's got swipe to do things, which most have today, where you can just one swipe to delete or to archive. Um, What I really like is it has um, very good support for multiple email addresses, even multiple Gmail addresses, or if you've got different types of email, it all works. It also has really great file support, so you can hook it up with your Dropbox account, your OneDrive account, your Box.net account. Um, and send files directly that way which is great because I send a lot of Dropbox files um, it uh, allows you to do some quick filtering stuff so you can just look at your own red files or just look at uh, emails with attachments which is great and I use a lot um, What I also love is the notifications are actually you get a you get more of a description of you get the first couple lines of the email and the notification which is great a lot of apps don't do that and it also has really good, um, actionable notifications in iOS 8, which is great. Oof. So you can, you oh, know, if you get the little badge at the the banner at the top, you can just swipe down and one tap archive or delete. Same from the lock screen, which I really enjoy. So, um, you know, it's an email client. It does email things, but I just feel it does a really good job with them. Um, and it, for me, it was mostly um, the notifications are really excellent. The file integration is really excellent, and it's just a very smooth app altogether. Uh, and plus, I like to support Microsoft where I can. They're a struggling <laughs> company; they need all the help they can get. Um, yeah. So they're my, really they're, struggling. They're, it's tough for those guys, <laughs> but you know what? They're gonna make it. I believe in them. So um, that is my pick: Outlook for iPhone. It is free on the Apple App Store, um, available for iPhone and iPad, and I believe for Android. Uh, if it's not, I know they've definitely said that it will be available at some point in the future. So. That is my pick.
1: I'm gonna try it.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, I've been so, using it for
2: a couple days. It's it's really good.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, I actually like. Uh, I've been using Mailbox for my work Gmail, and I like I like Mailbox, but it's really buggy. The, yeah, like, this all replaced the, time. Uh,
2: the Gmail app for my work email.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And like I don't know about was, you, was, but I don't my personal email, it doesn't get used. It's read-only practically at this point. Uh yeah. I mean, I don't I've been need using, a fancy email client there.
1: I've been using inbox for my personal email and I I, I like it. I, I enjoy it. Like it seems like generally it seems helpful. The thing I like about inbox is I can leave the notifications on and it only gives me a notification when it's something that's not like a f an, an email from Facebook or Instagram or something. Um, so that's nice, but, um, yeah, no, I'm going to give it, give it a try. Yeah. Trust your judgment.
0: Well, try that's what's great about email clients, right? If you don't like it, you can just go back to your old one. So, exactly. uh, that's, I, I, tried it as soon as I read some of the reviews and, uh, no looking back until the next one comes out. Right. And I'll just change it again. Um, cause that's <laughs> how we roll here. Very good. That completes the show. Gentlemen, anything else? No. no. Okay. Um... <laughs> now, Dan, is this your last week with us? Yeah. Oh my! I might. If if you
2: want, we could try to arrange something for the latter the latter half of February here.
0: I don't think we need you, Dan. <laughs> You're replaceable. <laughs> Everyone's replaceable. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Who knows? Dan could make an appearance, but I do want to let everyone out there know. Uh, it will be Colby and me for a couple weeks. And hopefully we'll have some guests on. Colby and I—we're going to talk and maybe figure out some people, uh, rotate them out. It's going to be an exciting month. We've got announcements from uh, Samsung uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, I think HTC is going to be Mobile World Congress is coming up, so we're going to have a ton of announcements there. Um, and we will continue to cover all the tech news right here. Don't Panic.io is our website. Go there. All of the links in this beautifully designed website by these two great programmers. I know I forget their names. I wish I could give them credit, but I can't. Um, Links to all the past episodes, audio, video, uh, all the sites that host us, all the social media that we use, it's all there. Uh, so I recommend you check that out. With that being said, uh, I do want to give a quick plug to uh, the Goldilocks Zone, the other show on the network uh, that me and uh, Matt Mariani do, talking... Um, going
1: to add that to my overcast right all now. All kinds
0: of... It's not very good, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is very good. <laughs> And our first episode is published. It's live. It's on the site. You can go there, GoldilocksShow.com. All the links are there to subscribe, to watch, to listen. Um, I think it's fun and interesting. I hope you guys do, too. And if you have any feedback, GoldilocksShow on Twitter. Uh, or you can email us at the network email address, Network at gmail.com. So uh, I'd appreciate people checking that out. We'll be doing another show this week as well. So uh, hopefully that'll be ongoing. Cool. All right. Well, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I am Sean, and I wish everyone out there a a fine good night. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Don't Panic. Good night.
1: Later.